Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 311 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a former opera singer and now a full stack developer with a passion for JavaScript. She's also a tech blogger, a YouTube creator, and a public speaker. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Anna McDougall. Hi, Phil. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I'd, I'd really interested to know about your background as much as anything else, to be honest. So could you give us a bit of an insight in, into your sort of operatic background and, and why you made that transition into, into tech? Yeah, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> as you can imagine, it's, it's not a very simple, straightforward story. Um, but the easiest version I can roll with is that I had uh, actually learned HTML as a kid and a little bit of software development in high school as well. But I'd left it behind. I was the only girl in the class. It was quite alienating for a teenager. And um, I decided to pursue other things. And I actually went into digital marketing, project management. I had my bachelor's degree in communications. And I ended up working in marketing for Opera Australia. As you can probably hear, I'm from Australia originally. So I was living in Sydney. And um, <clears throat> as part of that job, I kind of rediscovered opera and started learning to sing. This in turn led into me doing a master's in music. Also, that was kind of like my first career change, I suppose. Um, and this led into a seven-year career. Um, I've sung in uh, three different continents <laughs> um, and it was a great career. It was really awesome. I, I loved singing. I love performing. I still love speaking to people and making people laugh and smile is something I really enjoy. Um, but <laughs> you knew the butt was coming. <laughs> um, there were a few things that weren't right about it for me. Um, for one thing, music itself had never come particularly naturally to me. Singing and performing had, but the, I mean, the more theoretical side of music for some reason didn't work with my brain. Um, and I found it very, very difficult. Um, but the difficulty difficulty has never been something that holds me back. So that wasn't really the thing. The, the main thing is that I'm actually a super ambitious person. I'm the kind of person who loves learning. I love growing. I love learning new things. And with classical music, once you're kind of doing that job, that's kind of the job. You know, you don't get promoted to like senior singer, you know, <laughs> you're kind of doing that. And and for some people, um, my husband is also in music. He's, he's also a singer. Um, for him, that's wonderful. He loves the music so much that that is the most important thing for him. Uh, but for me, it wasn't what I was looking for long-term. So even though on a day-to-day -day basis, it was an amazing job and I loved it, um, I knew long-term it wasn't going to make me happy. So when I was pregnant with my kid, I had to make these decisions about what I was going to do. Was I going to continue singing after my maternity leave? In Germany, you get, um, I live in Germany. <laughs> yeah, in Germany, you get um, one year's maternity leave. So I was coming up to the end of that year and I was like, mm, do I want to go back to music or is it time for a change? And I kind of had this 
floating thought from my childhood about how much I loved um, making websites and I'd really enjoyed the, the logical problem solving side of coding, but also of other subjects I'd learned like logic, philosophical logic at university, uh, statistics, things like that. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll just try it. <laughs> maybe I'll just try programming at home and see how it goes. And uh, that was kind of the the start of the whole transition, I suppose. That's great to hear. I'm very, very well explained. So, yeah, yeah that's, great that's to the hear. shortest version I can come up with. <laughs> <laughs> but you must have had some great experiences as well. And of course, with your husband being a singer, you, you haven't really lost touch, presumably with that part of your life. So you can still enjoy it. Absolutely. And and one of the great things that I've found, um, not only with podcasts, but also with things like conferences and events and just being on YouTube, because I'm very active on YouTube, um, is that that performance side of myself, the thing that I loved being on stage, entertaining people, um, I can still do that. Like that's not yeah. lost. And now that I've found uh, my passion, you know, it sounds cliche, but it's true. Um, now that I've found my passion, it's really, it's even better because I'm getting to entertain people and like get people laughing and smiling and feeling excited about something I truly, truly love. So yeah, yeah it's awesome. <laughs> Good. Okay. Right. I'm going to go into the the full question set now. So <laughs> yeah. Anna, can you give us a career tip? I mean, this you may be able to draw from your, your more operatic background as well, but one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be. Yeah, I, look, I know a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome, but this is one of these things that I really um, have learned a lot from opera and brought into tech. Um, opera is like the Olympic sport of singing. And if you imagine someone training for an Olympic sport, you can't be sensitive about feedback in that environment, right? Like if you're doing something bad, People will just be like, oh, that sucks and you need to change that and this needs to change. And you kind of just need to learn to take that on the chin. Um, and so I suppose my top career tip kind of thing would be that when you are faced with these situations where you're feeling insecure because you're realizing that you're maybe not as good at something as you thought you were, <laughs> um, the idea for me, the thing that really helps me in that scenario is to go, okay, I'm not here to prove myself to anyone. It's not about a proving yourself mindset. It's about a learning mindset. By this person telling me that I'm doing this thing wrong or I can do it better, this is an opportunity for me. And how lucky am I to be surrounded by all these people who have these skills I don't have because now I have all these people I can learn from. So I suppose for me, my main career tip is that when you find yourself in a scenario or in a situation where you're doubting your abilities because everyone around you seems to be better, see that as an opportunity. See that as a learning opportunity um, rather than letting that somehow drag you down because um, finding those gaps in your knowledge is a good thing and that's the only way you'll be able to fill them and become better. Yes, uh, that's that's well put. In, in terms of, I suppose, the, the other side of it is constructive or criticism in general. I, I presume, I mean, in particular, I mean, I, I don't know for sure because obviously I'm not, I don't have an operatic background, but I presume that particular sort of sort of industry has a, a obviously a very large critic base. And therefore, you, if you want to be successful in that particular industry, you have to get used to the fact that there are people who will continually judge what you do. So 
I presume that that is the case. Yes, it's absolutely the case that people are constantly giving you criticism, but it's usually coming from uh, people who you know or people who you work with, um, less so from critics themselves. That's kind of more if you hit the big leagues, which I never did. <laughs> um, but you pay coaches to tell you what you're doing wrong. Um, you work with conductors who are constantly telling you, oh, you're too fast there, you're too slow there, that pitch was off, that vowel should be a closed E, not an open E. Um, these kinds of things, I think in any given rehearsal, you would have 20 to 30 pieces of feedback easily. Um, so I guess for me coming into tech, I'm, I feel very lucky. I haven't yet experienced imposter syndrome. And I think a big part of that is simply because I'm so hardened from, from my years of being told that everything I'm doing is wrong. And then somehow it turns out to be amazing at the end. So it's like, I've seen the process of being terrible and having these gaps and and having to work on every little teeny tiny detail and then seeing how beautiful the result can be at the end if you do your best not to take it personally and to view it as an opportunity. Exactly. Good. Okay. So Anna, can you tell us about your worst career moment and what you learned from that experience? Yeah, I kind of touched on it before, but I'd say probably just um, giving up as a kid, like I, I really look back on that and I know everything happens for a reason and I'm here today because of what happened then. Uh, I get it, but I still look back and I go, oh, you know, I, I was good. You know, I learned HTML when I was eight years old. I was making websites for my uncle at 12. I was, you know, learning software design in school. I won a little school award for it. Like all the signs were there that I should have gone after it. Um, and I let stereotypes, I suppose, about who belongs in tech stop me. Um, of course, it was, as I mentioned earlier, a social isolation thing, being the only girl in a class, even though the boys in my class were lovely. <laughs> I didn't experience any sort of harassment or anything like that. But but it was more like I also wasn't going to be invited into their circle. If they're picking people to be in a group, I'm not going to be top yeah. of their list. You know, they yeah. choose their friends and I wasn't one of their friends. Um, so... I'd say there was that, but there was also the side of being like, oh, you know, that's, I don't think anyone would welcome me there. I don't think anyone would want me there. Or if I go into that industry, then everyone's going to be constantly like making kitchen jokes, which of course teenage boys do a lot. And, you know, all this kind of stuff um, that young guys think they're being super creative, making these sexist jokes. And in the end, they just kind of weigh you down. So I was really... On the one hand, I understand that I made that decision to protect myself from being worn down by all of those things. But on the other hand, I feel like I kind of missed that um, that opportunity to, I suppose, get an earlier start. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say that was my my worst moment was letting all of that stuff stop me. Yeah, I suppose the, the good side of it is that you're back doing it now oh, and you didn't back, lose baby. the benefits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, true. No, I didn't lose the benefit. And and if anything, um, the skills I've learned in other careers and in the rest of my life have really made me much better today as a developer than I think I would have been if I'd come fresh out of uni. So there are also, yeah, yeah, there are benefits. <laughs> Good, right. Yes, indeed. So let's let's sort of go to maybe the more positive end of the spectrum. So can you tell us about your career highlights so far? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it has to be getting my first job in tech. Um, 
I managed to make a career change in under a year. So that's from that decision I mentioned earlier where I was like, hmm, maybe I should try programming again to actually signing the contract and starting on my first day. Uh, that entire process was under a year, um, which I'm really proud of. Um, I worked hard not only to learn the technical side of things, as you mentioned in your intro, uh, I'm particularly passionate about JavaScript um, and I learned mostly front-end development, um, but I also really made an effort to at least learn the basics of the back-end, which I didn't necessarily need to at that time, um, and I was really proud of that. Plus, I was creating blog content, YouTube videos, talking a lot to people on Twitter, um, just engaging with people and really learning as much as I could, not only in terms of the technical side of things, but also the more, I suppose, the kind of stuff you talk about here, the, the career side of things. How do jobs yeah. work? What kind of jobs are there? What are some hot issues in tech today? Things like accessibility, web accessibility. If I hadn't been so engaged with the tech community, I don't think I would have come out of my course actually knowing much about accessibility. So I feel like that engagement with the community is not only what got me my first job, um, but it also made me just a better a better person and a better developer. Uh, so yeah, I'm really proud of the fact that I managed to make that transition so quickly and yeah. effectively. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, that leads on quite nicely to the next <laughs> question, which is about the future of the industry. Mm. So what excites you about, about careers in IT and potentially what's going to happen and the technologies involved? Oh, man, so much. <laughs> so excited I, as you can tell I'm a pretty excitable person generally anyway <laughs> this is like just part of my personality but um but for tech I for me that the like if I had to narrow it down to one thing it's um potential right the the core that I see in technology is simply potential it has the potential to solve a lot of the world's problems it has the potential to help a lot of people um it has the potential to do basically anything we can imagine uh, and probably more because a lot of the stuff that we can imagine um, will probably be done in the next 50 years and then there'll be some new stuff that we've never even thought of that will start happening because um, I'm pretty sure 50 years ago they weren't imagining the internet or Facebook or anything like that. <laughs> yes. um, so, you know, I, I just think there's so much potential there. Uh, in terms of technologies, I suppose I'm quite excited about um, VR. I know nothing about it from a developer or a technical perspective, but I just feel like virtual reality and augmented reality, I think, um, are, could provide a lot of really cool things that we can do. And I'm really keen as I develop uh, in a programming, I suppose, software engineering sense as I develop in that way to learn more about what they're doing and what the potential is there. Yeah, I'm interested in, in augmented in particular. I'd, I'd like to see where that goes and particularly things like medical use. How, how is it going to help with that? And I, there must be so many potential opportunities there. Yes, absolutely. I, I mean, for me, I just think like, for example, okay, let's even think about opera for a second. Now, I don't, I don't know if you've ever been to the opera, Phil. Uh, <laughs> I have, yes. <laughs> so you know, but a lot of people don't know this, that when you go to the opera, a lot of first-time opera viewers, they'll take along like a little synopsis of what happens in the opera because they don't actually realize that there are translations, that there are subtitles, um, which almost every opera 
theater, like every serious opera theater has subtitles displayed, kind of projected above the stage, right? But here's the thing, right? What if you go to an opera in France and you don't speak French? Yep. Yep. You know, <laughs> you've got the opera in Italian or German. You're listening, you've got the subtitles in French. How are you supposed to know what's happening? Well, I mean, we have potential there to introduce some sort of augmented reality system that could help people. Uh, it could be an accessibility thing uh, for hearing or it could be a... Um, yeah, different languages could be presented then to tailored to the individual audience member. Like I'm just spitballing here, but there are, there are, yeah, there no, are lots of kind of cool ways that you could in- integrate technology into not typically technologically advanced areas as well. Yes, that's true. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So what first attracted you, I know we've covered this slightly, but to a career in IT? Yeah, it's, again, yeah, and it's, it's really the same thing. <laughs> it's potential. It's yeah. just the the ability to, um, to go in any direction I want to go. I don't believe I will ever be bored in tech, ever. <laughs> yeah. What is the best career advice you've ever received? Um, don't be afraid to say no, basically. If, if something's not right for you or if you literally don't have time for something, it's better to say no. If you say yes to everything, um, then people will start to take you for granted and you need to be firm about your boundaries. Indeed. There's also the the, um, the risk of overwhelm well, as well. Of course, yeah, burnout as well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What is the worst career advice you've ever received? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the the salaries here in Leipzig are not as good as other places in the country. And the worst advice I ever received was, "Well, you're in Leipzig, so don't give them too high of a number for salary when you're yes. when you're telling them your expected salary." I ignored I, that advice. <laughs> if you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? Well, I I, I kind of did it, so I guess I wouldn't do anything differently. <laughs> maybe I'd learn a bit more um, back end. Maybe I'd learn Java. Um, a bit earlier, but that's nitpicking. Mostly I just do things exactly the same way. (laughs) And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Yeah, currently I am working a lot with Kotlin in the back end. And so I suppose for me, my main objective for the next year, year and a half is to just really get my technical skills up where they need to be. Uh, I'm in training to be a technical lead for these two projects in my company. So I suppose keep working on that and get to a position where I can lead and mentor others and help them become better too. Yes. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Uh, Public speaking. (laughs) Easily. And what do you do to keep your own career energised? Oh, that's a great question. What do I do to keep it energised? I think I just try to, I try to find little things that can excite me or little challenges. I'm, I'm motivated by challenges. So for me, I think I, I, I get bored when things get easy. So I guess for me to keep things energized, I try to keep challenging myself. I take the harder ticket. I take, um, the harder task. I take opportunities that are maybe a little bit beyond what I can actually do now. Um, and that motivates me to keep moving forward. Good. Yeah. So you enjoy stretching yourself. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's my thing. Yeah. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? 
I don't do a lot away from technology, I have to admit. (laughs) Um, But I do go to the gym. So I try (laughs) to get up at six each morning and um, and go to the gym before work. I actually, when I was at uni, one of my uh, part-time jobs was as a personal trainer and a strength coach. So I love lifting weights and I basically just go to the gym and lift weights. (laughs) <laughs> right. Okay. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming. Did I didn't know. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, Anna, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? Hmm. Yeah. I think um, a parting piece of advice. I would say that for those who are looking for a job, think less from your own perspective and think more from the employer's or the recruiter's perspective. Um, I, as a career changer, something I speak about a lot on my YouTube channel is the fact that um, if you're a career changer and you don't have a computer science degree, you represent a risk to employers and to recruiters. And part of your job is to prove to them that that risk is worth taking. So if you just go in there like, yeah, I'm great. And of course I know it. Well, okay, but is that actually going to convince them or do you need to start thinking more from their side of things? So yeah, I'd say that's that's my parting little piece of advice. If you're looking for a job, try to think about it from the recruiter's and the employer's perspective because they want to find someone, right? They want someone in that job. So actually all you need to do is try to convince them that you are their candidate. You're actually what they want, whether they know it or not. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's very good. It's all about really, and they, they're trying to bring somebody in yeah. for a particular purpose to solve either a problem for them or for a client. Yeah. And you need to be able to demonstrate that you're the right person who can do that for them. So Yeah. And especially recruiters, because they usually pay to finders fee. So they really, really want to fill that job. So, so if you can if you can convince them that it's worth going to bat for you, recruiters will actually work harder to convince an employer to take you. Um, so yeah, they're worth, it's, it's worth paying a little bit of attention to how recruiters work, like see how recruiters talk to other recruiters and kind of try to implement some of that mentality into how you go about your job search. Exactly. Yes. Good. Okay. Anna, how can we find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah. So I've mentioned my YouTube channel like 10 million times. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean for this to be like an Anna YouTube uh, podcast, but uh, yes, YouTube. uh, I'm Anna McDougall developer on YouTube. I I actually mostly put out stuff about careers, uh, career changing. Um, I've got a JavaScript series as well for anyone who might want to learn more about JavaScript. Um, I am also on Twitter and there I'm Anna J McDougall. That's A-N-N-A-J-M-C-D-O-U-G-A-L-L. Anna, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been great fun chatting with you. Yeah, it's been lovely. Thank you so much, Phil. And um, yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.